Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled mompreneur who hits snooze until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned how to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can learn how to stop picking at your kids' leftover food, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of the to-do list so you go to bed feeling fantastic about your day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Perlman. This is the Healthy Habits for Life show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, I am flying solo, and I'm talking to you about one of my all-time favorite books called The Five Love Languages. I love, well, I love to read, um, but these days, I don't have a whole lot of time to sit down and really get lost in a book, or I don't create the time, I should say. Um, because I have a lot of other things going on. However, several years ago, I discovered the beauty of audio and I do find and create the time to listen to audio all the time in my car while I'm making dinner, while I'm folding laundry, I'm always playing things on my phone and I get through so many books that I would never otherwise get through. So I'm such a huge fan and I came across this book. I'm not even sure how or by whom. I think a lot of people were talking about it. It's a book that's been around for a long time. And it's a book that I know Oprah promotes and um, it's really well known. Again, it's called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And it's about relationships and communication in relationships, which I think is a really important part of health habits. I know I don't tend to focus on that. And I talk a lot about physical health, which I am really passionate about. But I think habits as they pertain to your relationships are also really important because that contributes to your happiness and overall well-being. And that is tied hand in hand with your health. And so I think it is really important to address that as well. And stay tuned in the next year, I'll be featuring a lot more episodes um, with relationship topics. But anyway, um, today I want to tell you about the love, the five love languages. If you haven't read this book, it is so, so good. And I definitely encourage you to get your hands on it. It's actually been adapted. There's the original five love languages, and then it's been adapted. There are the love languages for children, even how the love languages are relevant in the workplace. And you might say, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense, but it really does. And you'll see what I mean as I go through them. And the premise behind the book is that we all have ideas about how we prefer or enjoy expressing our love for other people. And interestingly, what happens is that we, well, let me back up for a minute. We have our ideas and preferences for how we want to love on other people. And we also have those ideas and preferences for how we want others to show that they love us. And what tends to happen is that we love other people in the way that we want to be loved. But in fact, that can often create a mismatch because oftentimes the person that we're relating to speaks a different language. 
So we're communicating in one language, but that's not the language they are speaking. And it creates a mismatch and it leads to needs not being met, people being unhappy, resentment, resentment building, and just overall um, less happiness in a relationship. And so this concept is really fascinating that suggests that you can learn to better understand what your love language is. So how do you want other people to show that they love you? And you can also invest in learning other people's love languages. How do they want other people to love them so that you can make the appropriate adaptations? So before we go into that any further, let me tell you what are these five love languages. So the first one is words of affirmation. So these are quite literally words, words that encourage, affirm, show appreciation, show empathy, show that you're listening actively. So it could be something like, thank you so much for picking up the kids today. It could be, you know, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. It could be, you are really good in your job. I love listening to you on your work calls. I'm so proud of the work that you're doing. So it's literally saying the words, showing your pride, your admiration, your love, your fondness for the other person. Uh, The next category is physical touch. So that's a little obvious. So that's nonverbal communication using body language or using touch. It could be, um, you know, it could be a hand on a shoulder. It could be a hug. It could include, include physical intimacy. It could include sexual intimacy. It could be, um, you know, just that body to body connection, putting your, you know, sitting close to someone on the sofa. Then the next one is receiving gifts. So this is making the effort, purchasing, going out, going online, purchasing gifts that are thoughtful, that show that you are thinking about the person, show that you're paying attention to what this person likes and is interested in, and is a, is a tangible demonstration of thoughtfulness. And then the fourth one is quality time together. This is uninterrupted, focused time, maybe no kids around, definitely no phones around, um, you know, not even other people. This this wouldn't include necessarily going out with other people. It's really good quality one-on-one time where you can have a conversation and really connect with the other person. Maybe at times that quality time also means family time, time with the kids and maybe time with other friends. But I think in general, the idea is that it's quality time one-on-one together where you're sending the signal, you are the most important person to me right now. I'm not interested in what's going on in my phone. I'm not interested in what's going on with the kids. You are the most important thing to me right now. And then the final category is acts of service. And these are things that are more task oriented. They're helpful. They make the other person's day a little bit easier. It could be making a lunch for them. It could be doing the dishes. It could be running errands. It could be having their coffee ready for them when they wake up. It could be offering to make them breakfast. It could be doing a chore that typically they do in the house. So it's not exactly a glamorous quote unquote gift, but it's a It's a task or an active service that has a meaning attached to it because it's communicating the message. I care about you. I want to lighten your load. I want to make your day better. I want to make you happier and have more time to do other things than the unpleasant tasks that you might be responsible for. 
I think this is an interesting one that might often get missed. If you're not someone who really thinks about acts of service as a gesture of love, it would be very easy to misunderstand this one. But there you have it. So those are the five different categories that um, he talks about in the book. By the way, I should say that the author is Gary Chapman, and he is a pastor in uh, North Carolina. So there's a little bit, um, there's a little bit of religion in the book. And um, personally, that, you know, that's not why I chose the book. And that's not the top element of it that I took away from it. But um, there are some religious components. Um, because that's a big part of the work that he does. Um, but anyway, these are the five love languages. So there's words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, spending quality time together, and acts of service. So where do you begin? If this is something that's a little intriguing to you, where do you begin? The cool thing is that if you just Google on Google, uh, five, five love languages questionnaire, you'll find that there are questionnaires for adults, there are also questionnaires for children, and I imagine there's some for corporate environments. I haven't looked into that, I have to be honest with you, um, because I've mostly been using um, this book as a reference for work that I do either in my therapy practice or as I think about it with my own family. So um, the first thing is to learn a little bit about yourself. Take the questionnaire and see for yourself and see if you can really pinpoint what are your what is your primary love language? And oftentimes people have a few. So you might score really high on one, but then there are others that are also important to you. And then you might be able to identify that there's one or two that's more at the bottom of the list. It's really not your top, top preferred way of um, having people show that they care about you and that they love you. So that's step one is better understanding yourself and knowing how it is that you want people to show you that they love you. And then the next step is to give this questionnaire to the important people around you. You could ask a family member, you could ask a significant other, you could ask your children to fill out the questionnaire. So I was really surprised. I gave this to my kids last year. There was an interactive uh, questionnaire that they could do on the phone and I had them do it. And I was actually really surprised. It was so enlightening to me that um, I didn't necessarily predict that they were going to prioritize certain languages. And then it was really helpful now that I, you know, once I knew that I could really tailor my, um, my priorities with them. And so, for example, one of my kids chose quality time together. And so with knowing that that's so important to him, well, then I can create those opportunities to spend one-on-one -on -one time with him. And, and now I, you know, that I know that I see just how happy it makes him. And it makes a lot of sense to me, whereas he might not have been able to articulate that for me. Um, but the questionnaire was a helpful way of pulling that out of him. So, Again, second step is to have the other important people in your life fill out this questionnaire. And so now you have a sense of what their primary love language is or are. And then you have the interesting task of trying to create matches. And in order to create more harmony and implement your knowledge about these five love languages to improve your relationships, you can work and one or one of one or two sides of the equation. So when you better understand yourself and know what kind of acts that you're really looking for other people to share with you, well, now you have the opportunity to communicate that with them and you have the opportunity to 
make your needs known and let other people know, you know, what means a lot to me is X, Y, and Z. So maybe you're a words of affirmation kind of person. And so you can put this knowledge into words and tell the important people around you, you know what? I love to hear words. I love to hear whether it's the words, I love you, whether it's, you're so important to me, whether it's, I'm so proud of you. Uh, you're such a good mom. You're such a good dad. You're, um, you're a great sister, whatever, whatever it is, um, that's helpful for people to know that those words matter to you and you want to hear them. Um, you know, if it's physical touch, if it's receiving gifts, if it's spending quality time together, if it's acts of service, this is really great for other people to know. If you think about it, I know it would be so much easier if people could intuitively just get this, right? I mean, people think this and say this all the time. It would be so much easier if people just automatically knew, but the reality is that they don't. And so if we want to create more harmony in relationships, it is our job, number one, to know ourselves and number two, to communicate with others these, these insights so that we help set them up for success. So I often call this creating a roadmap for other people so that they don't have to guess what it is that you want, but you are literally spelling it out. This is the secret for success. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to act and behave and speak with me. And the result is I will feel happier. I will feel closer to you. I will feel more loved. I will feel more secure and guarantee good things are going to come from those feelings and from those outcomes. So it is your job to get to know yourself with regard to these languages and then to communicate that with the other important people in your life. Now, the second part of the equation is that it is also your job to work on understanding the other important people in your life and understanding what are their love languages, what are the things that they feel are really important for helping them to feel loved. And this you might find could be a challenge because what if, you know, we all have our strong suits. We all are inclined to do, um, you know, one category of responses or another. And what if it's the case that your partner really prefers one and that's just not your strong suit? What if your partner says to you that words of affirmation are really, really important and you're just not good at that? You're just, for whatever reason, you didn't grow up with that. You're not used to it. It feels uncomfortable. It makes you feel vulnerable but you were just not used to saying those words, then you've got a bit of a dilemma. And so I think that's where the work and that's sometimes where the hard work is, is stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit and really practicing doing things that you might not otherwise, because you know it's so important to the important people in your life. And that is something that's in your control. You can work on that when you have that knowledge, when that other person has given you the roadmap it's a setup for you to succeed if you are willing to do the work and try to be mindful of this and also try to do things that are outside of your comfort zone. Uh, and then there's the, there's, and, and so I would say this goes both ways for both parties involved in a relationship. Both people are responsible for knowing themselves, for understanding what it is that they need and for communicating that with other people. And each person is responsible for tuning in to the other person, trying to learn more about what their love language is, and then trying to do more of what it is that they are asking and needing. So then there's another tricky thing, which is that 
by the way, I should say all of this is going to take time. So not, you know, we are trying to create harmony. We are trying to create matches in communication styles. And if you are starting out from different places, this is not going to happen overnight. And this is going to take time to achieve. But I know for sure that it is possible if both people put the work And you know what? It's actually even possible, even if one person puts the work in, it is possible to create change. And so here's where the other tricky thing comes in, which is that if you do this part one and you learn more about what your love language is and you know what it is that you want from the other person, and let's say you even made that clear and you've had the conversation and maybe you've read the book together and you've made it very clear with the other partner that this these are the kinds of ways you want this person to show love to you it still may be the case that the other person loves on you in the way or with the language that they are hoping you will love on them because it's just an old ingrained pattern that's hard to change so another opportunity you have to create more harmony is to learn how to make those translations so let's say you are someone um for whom receiving gifts is really your primary love language. And that for whatever reason just means a lot to you. But the person you are with is someone who's really tuned into acts of service. If you are waiting and waiting for your gifts and you aren't receiving them, you might get really pissed off. But what if you also notice that this person is doing all these acts of service for you? This person is doing the dishes for you, is picking up the groceries for you, is calling you on the way home to say, can I make a stop and do an errand for you? What can I do to make your day better today? Can I change the cat litter for you today, if that's normally your job. Um, And if you miss all of these gestures, you may not realize that these are acts of love, that the person is loving on you and showing that they care about you, but they're just doing it in a different language than you are expecting, but it doesn't mean the message isn't there. So another way that you can work on creating more harmony is by being on the lookout for the times when this other person might be speaking their language, which I know isn't exactly what you're wanting, but it's still important to catch that and notice that and then do the conversion in your head and say, this person is still showing that they love me and they care about me and I'm secure with that. I know that's not easy and you might have all sorts of feelings about that and you might have some resentments about having to do that. But I know that it helps while you're working on helping the other person learn to speak your language. It is still really beneficial to learn how to do that translation when they're still speaking the language that is most comfortable for them. And so here's the last thing that I want to talk about today is that we can imagine how this might play out. So let's say both parties in a in a relationship or in any kind of um, interpersonal dynamic, both parties agree that this is interesting and they want to work on this, but maybe you have one person who's more ready to make change than the other. And maybe it's just a little more ready, or maybe it's a lot ready. And the other person is really, really resistant to making changes or really just locked into their own ways and really struggling to make any changes. What you will find is that yes, while it would be ideal for both people to be making the changes at the same time, you can still create massive change in the relationship if you are the one to go first. If you are the one to make changes and you put forth that effort to speak the love language that this other person is wanting you to speak, you will find that it will have benefits. This other person is going to feel so happy, so understood, so loved, so cared for, so secure that he or she is going to naturally start responding more positively to you. 
And whether it's that you start to see more expressions of the love language that you want, or maybe it's just more expressions of closeness in different ways. Overall, the dynamic is going to be better. It is so much more effective to take on that mindset that I will be the one to go first, as opposed to the mindset of, well, I'm going to wait until the other person starts changing. And, and only then will then will I start to make changes myself. That is a guaranteed recipe for disaster and, and so much less of a setup for success. And so it's the final thing that I want you to consider as you are learning more about the, these love languages is that you have the opportunity to go first you have the opportunity to create a positive ripple effect in any relationship that you're involved in. Like I said, it could be romantic. It could be any kind of familial relationship. It could even be a corporate relationship. When you go first and you start to create positive changes, it will have a ripple effect. The other person will feel better and they will start investing in a more positive way in the relationship. I've seen it time and time again. So there you have it. That is a quick synopsis of the five love languages and how they can be helpful in improving your relationships and helping you feel better about the relationships, which is going to circle back into a greater overall sense of well-being and a greater overall sense of happiness. So as always, I would love to hear what you think. If you read the book, maybe you've already read it and you've already tried to put it into practice. I always would love to hear your thoughts about that. So you can find me on social media. You can email me. Uh, all that information is in the show notes. And thanks as always for listening. And I'll be back next week for another episode. Bye everyone. Hello, friends. It's Carol Perlman coming on to say hello. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes as much as I've enjoyed creating them for you. I wanted to make sure you knew about a special program that is currently being offered on my website. If you go to www.healthythenumber4lifebycarolperlman.com, you'll see more information about my current time management classes. If you follow me on social media, if you listen to my podcast, you know that I believe time management is behind almost every single one of your goals. And the more you can perfect your skills in time management, the more successful you're going to be in reaching your goals. I have created what I believe is a really outstanding class. I've been studying time management for years. I've been perfecting my own system and I've been teaching others for almost 15 years now. I created an online course, a 21-day habit formation course that is now available to you. They, quote unquote, they say it takes 21 days to create a new habit. And I find that that is often time the case. So go look on the website, healthy for life by carolperlman.com, and you will see current offerings. I have several different time management classes for specific audiences. But the general one is just the It's About Time, time management class. You'll see all the details there. You'll see the upcoming start date. And there's always the opportunity to buy the workbook and complete the course as a self-paced course and take it at your own speed. It's one exercise a day. All you need to commit is 10, maybe 15 minutes a day. Step-by-step, step, you will create new habits that last a lifetime for better time management. Check it out. And I hope to see you in one of the classes. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you loved today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. 
These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.